Welcome to Crosspoint Community Church. We are here to help each other worship, live, and rescue like Jesus. For more info on who we are, go to cpmodesto.org. While you are there, you can learn more about who we are as a church, see the time and locations of our weekend gatherings, and see the different reoccurring ministries that happen on a weekly basis. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you feel inspired and moved by what God is doing here at Crosspoint. Merry Christmas. So we started our series this Christmas talking about Jesus as the light. And uh, when we started, we started in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, where the prophet makes this prophecy of, of really what Christmas is, is and what it is all about. And he says in Isaiah 9, 2, he says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And, and talking about that light that Jesus would eventually be coming into the world. And, and, and so it's interesting, though, as we've talked through all of the, the, these ideas of the nature of light and how light affects us and, and really what, what God says through his word about light and darkness. Remember a number of years ago when I was probably early junior high, um, we lived in Michigan and it was, it, was a, it was a cold winter, kind of a stormy Friday night. And... Uh, my parents had gone out, and so they were going to be out for the evening, and, and so my sister and I were home, and I had uh, my friend over, and, and she had a friend over, and so it was just the four of us at the house, and uh, my parents were out, and, and I don't remember what they went to do, go do, but, but we, were, we were hanging out and doing all kinds of stuff, and, and, uh, which is common and kind of usual in Michigan uh, during the winter, during storms. Uh, we lost power. Now, it wasn't like uh, intentionally turned off. But uh, unlike here, but um, but but, it, but but the power went out because of the winter storm, and and uh, we lived kind of in the country, and so we had we were on a, on, a, on a well system and all that. So when the power goes off, you don't have water, you know, you don't have running water. You you have like one toilet flush, um, so those are you know really really valuable. Um, but but uh, so you know you you've got you don't have anything, and so the power went out, and we were all at the house and. And just before that happened, well, actually, I think it was just about when the time the power went out, my sister and her friend had this red hair dye, and for some reason, all four of us decided to color our hair. And I, I had hair at that time, and, um, and so we, we colored our hair red, and uh, then for probably, I don't know, it was probably an hour or so uh, that we were just literally running around the house, playing hide-and-go-seek, doing all kinds of stuff um, in the house, and just kind of having the run of the house in the dark, um, had a couple flashlights, but they, they were really, you know, they were the old flashlights that didn't really, let, they were kind of the dim lighting. But anyway, so, so we, we, we were there for probably, I don't know, hour, hour and a half. And, and so then the power came back on. And when the power came back on, all of a sudden we were no longer in the dark, but it was all light. And we saw around the entire house, all the walls, it was all red. Because the hair stuff we had were all over our hands and it was everywhere. And my sister and I knew that, that my parents would not be happy when they came home to see this all over the house. And so it was, it was kind of like one of those movies or something where, where the kids are scrambling to, to make it look like nothing happened here. And so we had rags and towels and uh, paper towel, all this stuff. So we were cleaning all the walls and everything we had touched, we were cleaning up. 
And like literally, we were just finishing cleaning everything as we saw the, the headlights of my parents' car coming down the long driveway that we lived on. And like all four of us like jumped on the couch pretending, like threw out, threw out like a card game, pretending this is what we were doing all night. My parents came home, walked in the house, and, and they didn't know what had happened. But what's interesting about that is that we had no idea what was going on around us or the situation we were in as long as we were in the darkness. But that's the nature of darkness, is you think you know what's going on and you can become comfortable in the darkness, but it takes light to actually see what's really happening. And you see, that's, that's really the good news of Christmas, is that, is that, is that God saw our predicament. We didn't look for help in our darkness because we just kind of ran around in the dark doing whatever, not realizing the situation we were in. But the good news about Christmas is that God sent not a soldier or a judge or a reformer, but he sent a savior to meet our needs. God in his deep love for humankind sent Jesus Christ, the light of the world, to save us from our sins. And that's what Christmas is all about, that, that God saw through the darkness, and, and not only that, but, but, but brought an incredible light, an unstoppable light into the darkness that would illuminate and expose everything around us. And that's what we've been talking about this Christmas season, is, is the fact that, that God sent his light, and we have a choice to make as to whether we step into that light and live in that light, or we cower back and try to hide in, in darkness, and we've seen different people over the last few Sundays about how they responded to the light. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to the Gospel of John, chapter one. I'm gonna read a few verses here, and I'm actually gonna go backwards to, to kind of see what we're, what we're seeing here, is that Jesus is that unstoppable light. And in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter one, in verse five, the, the apostle pens these words. He says in John chapter one, verse five, he says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. He says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That, that, that would remind the readers, those who, who, are, who are reading those words from John back to Isaiah 9, 2, where he said, and the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And John adds to the character of that light. And he says, not only have they seen a great light, but it is a light that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. You see, we, we talk about darkness and we understand like physical darkness because we can experience that. But as, as scripture talks about light and darkness, what, what exactly is this darkness that the Bible keeps talking about? Well, the darkness is the world of evil and unbelief and death and judgment. It's a world that is condemned in sin. That's the darkness that he's talking about. That's the darkness that we wander in. And, and that's the darkness that is exposed by the light of Jesus. And what's interesting about that is that we feel comfortable in our darkness. And here's why. Because I don't want you to know about my darkness because I'm concerned about what you're going to do with that. See, how, how often have you <clears throat> felt compelled to tell somebody something that you were thinking or something that you did that you know was wrong or offensive or, or horrifying 
something you thought, and, and you don't want other people to know that. Why? Because if you were to, to tell them, you were to share with them, then you know that they would at least flinch. They would maybe reject you because of what you've done or what you've thought. But there's this fear because, because as long as I'm, I've kept that in darkness, then no one else has to know and I don't have to deal with consequences of being exposed. Because that's what the nature of light is. It exposes what is there. But here's the good news again about Christmas is that this world of evil and unbelief and death and judgment, none of this causes Jesus to flinch. That's the darkness that doesn't overcome the light. None of it causes Jesus to flinch. Jesus doesn't, we don't confess our sins to Jesus and Jesus says, oh, well, hold on. I didn't realize you were thinking that. Or wait a second, I mean, I... I'd heard about you doing that, but I, I, now that you say it, that's, that's, that's too much. Jesus doesn't flinch when he, when, when he exposes our darkness, when we confess our darkness to him. Because Jesus is greater than all the evil, all the unbelief, all the death, and all the judgment that we can drum up for him. He's greater than all of those things and he, 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 he's, he proves that by being this unstoppable light that exposes all that and not only exposes that, but like the savior he is, if we are humble and willing to confess our sin before him, then he forgives us. And he doesn't forgive us flinchingly. He forgives us willingly and welcome, welcomes us into his arms. See, the question that we maybe have is, is why does darkness overcome this light? How can we be sure that light will go on and completely overcome this darkness? How can we be, be assured of that? And that's what John says in verses one through four before verse five. Look at verse four. He says in verse four, he says, in him being Jesus Christ was life and the life was the light of men. See, one of the reasons that we know that this light overcomes darkness is because Jesus, the light, is alive. That Jesus is alive. He's, it's not just this idea of, of, of a thing, light, but the light is a person and has a name, and Jesus is alive. And so we have to understand that the reason why this light overcomes the darkness is because Jesus, the light, is alive. Backing up to verse three, and looking at what, what John says there, he says, all things were made through him being Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. Not only is Jesus the light alive, but Jesus the light is the mechanism for the creation of all things. That Jesus himself is the mechanism of creation. And that's why the darkness cannot overcome this light, because it is through that light that everything was made that we see in heaven and on earth. And then that kind of does raise a question. Oftentimes we see in the world around us people who create something and those creations overtake their creator. And so maybe that brings up the question, could then the creation that was created through Jesus maybe rise up and overtake him? Would that be a way that the light might be defeated? Well, a, a great moment in the gospel of Matthew is where Jesus is, is going along and he's teaching and he comes across this person who's... who's uh, possessed by demons. 
And so immediately, the, the demons inside of this man, they recognize Jesus for who he is. And so they have this confrontation. And so in Matthew 8, 29, this is what the demons say to Jesus as they interact with each other. This is Jesus who all things were created through him. And even the things that were contorted and fallen and rebelled against God. And here's what the demons say to Jesus in Matthew 8, 29. It says, and behold, they cried out, what have, you ha- what, do you, what have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? In other words, these demons even recognized that through Jesus all things were created and have their being through him and that they recognized his authority and power as the creative power, the creative one who all things were created through, that, that he had power over them. And they recognized that their days are numbered and they were afraid that Jesus was going to deal with them that day rather than on the last day. And so it's a great example of the darkness not overcoming the light. Not a chance. And then finally, going back to verse one, John writes, in the beginning was the word being Jesus. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. (coughs) See, not only is Jesus alive and not only is Jesus the mechanism through what all things have been created, but Jesus the light is God. And and, and so what that means is is that the light 100% of the time overcomes the darkness. Because evil and death and judgment and unbelief cannot stand in the face of Jesus because he is God in the flesh, the living creative power of all things in heaven and on earth, and the light is unstoppable. That's why John says and concludes that the light overcomes the darkness and the darkness has no chance. That's the good news of Christmas, is that if you and I are willing to see Jesus for who he is, and if we're willing to step into the light, then Jesus is going to change our lives. But you see, it's difficult because darkness is comfortable for us because we think we're hidden. We think that we're we're better than we actually are in our darkness. And so it's hard because the light exposes us And that can be painful, yet ultimately, the only way to find completion, to find fulfillment, is to allow yourself to be exposed by the light of Jesus Christ and take you to that place of perfection and completion because of what he did on the cross and what he did by raising from the grave. But you see, we we have that choice to make, don't we? I can choose to stay in my darkness or step into the light of Christ. I want you to uh, participate here with me for a second and kind of use your imagination a little bit because there's a, a thing that happened the, the, the night that Jesus was born in that, in that barn, in that stable. 
and when he was laid in that manger. There was, there was, a, there was something that happened when Jesus was born, when Mary gave birth in Bethlehem, because there was, there was this, this hill, hillside outside of Bethlehem. And so I want to kind of uh, try and give us uh, a little bit of this. So imagine yourself that you are out on, on a hillside, uh, on, on the outskirts of Bethlehem. And so it's, it's nighttime. So it's, it's all dark, and, and all you see in the sky are stars. And, and so it's all dark, and, and you see stars, and, and you're, you're one of the shepherds that, that are out in the field on that hill. And, and, and really, all you have for light is, is the moon if it's out, if it's, if it's shining, or, or the stars. And then I would assume they had, they had lanterns or, 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 or campfires, and, and it's, it's dark out there in the, in, in, in the hillsides around Bethlehem because, because they didn't have all of the, you know, modern amenities that we have. And so it was pretty dark. And it was also fairly scary because, because the reality is, is it's the same area that, that we read in the Old Testament about, about David when he took care of sheep. That David was out there, and it talks about in the story of David that, that as he was watching a sheep, he had to defend the sheep against these wild animals. And it says he killed a bear at one point, and he killed a lion. So, so those bears and lions and, and wolves and all kinds of things like that were, were there at a very real threat to the sheep and to the shepherds if they weren't on their guard. And so, so they're out and, and kind of in the night, the night sounds and, and, and the nighttime and the stars in the sky and, and only having the light of their lanterns and their shepherd staff required to kind of take care of the sheep and protect them for one more night. And, and so in, in Luke chapter two, in Luke chapter two, verse eight, we, we catch up with the shepherds. It says this, it says, and in the same region region where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And as it was a normal night watching their flocks, some of them probably tired, some of them really on edge. But all of a sudden in, in verse nine, it says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. See, there's this moment that, that, that they're out in the field and, and they're just kind of tending their flocks. They're watching for stuff. And, and what they actually see is not what they expect to see. Because what they expected maybe that night was, was some kind of threat to the, to the sheep. But instead, it was this angel who appeared in the sky and, and, and lit up the hillside with his presence. And the angel had a message. And so the angel says to the, to the shepherds, he says, and the angel said to them, fear not. Because again, they were terrified. They were afraid because all of a sudden there's this thing that happened that they've, they can't even put into a context or a category. And so they're afraid at this moment, even more so than if a bear or a lion. And the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so the, 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 the angel gives this message. And he, and, he, and he gives context on this hillside at night for these shepherds. And he says, look, I, I need you to understand. And the shepherds would, may have remembered things that they learned growing up about the prophecies in the Old Testament and, and in Isaiah 9. And these shepherds who, who were 
typically the lower rung of society, kind of the rough guys. They were the guys probably getting in fights in the bars in, in the morning, which, I mean, if they're drinking in the morning, then that's, that's not good news. But anyway, so, so they're those guys and they're out there, but, but, they, but the angel gives them this news and they say, this is good news of great joy for all people. He says, not far from here in Bethlehem, there's, there's a child who's been born who is Jesus Christ the Lord. He's the savior that, that, that the world has been waiting for. And after the angel gives that message, all of a sudden it says, it says that, and suddenly there, were, there was with, with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those who, with whom he is pleased. And so all of a sudden the whole hillside lights up and it's like daytime. It's, it's like in the middle of the night, there's, there's all of a sudden light everywhere. And it's a whole group of angels, not just one, but a whole multitude saying glory to God in the highest. And he says, he says, there will be peace on earth because of this child who's born. And I'm gonna stop reading the text there. You can read on and probably lots of you know what the shepherds did with that information. But you see, at that moment, the shepherds had a choice. They had a choice when the angels left to sink back into their darkness or to go and see this child that the angels announced. They had a decision to make, just like every one of us. You see, we are, we are exactly like those shepherds out on the hillside in the darkness. And we get news of salvation, redemption, forgiveness, that Jesus wants to transform you to be like him. And like the shepherds, when the news fades and everything kind of comes back to normal, we're left with a choice. Do we go back into the darkness or do we run to the light? See, that's really what Christmas gives us. Christmas gives us a choice. And there's an initial choice and there's a series of ongoing choices. You see, that initial choice that the shepherds had to make was this that Jesus, the living God and creator of the world has come to forgive your sins and bring you salvation. That's the choice that they had initially. That's the choice that every one of us has or have had. And we have to make a decision whether or not we're gonna recognize that yes, Jesus is the living God and creator of the world and he's come to forgive me and take me out of my darkness, to expose the sin in my heart and in my life. And so the choice that I have, that you have, is will you accept his forgiveness and surrender your life to him? If you're visiting here this morning, if you're here this morning and you have not done that, you have not confessed your sins to Jesus, recognize the forgiveness that he offers, confess those sins and, 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 and committed your life to, to be surrendered to him and live in the light of Jesus Christ, allowing him to expose all of the things that need transformation in you, then right now is a great opportunity to do that. Because it's so simple, because really what, what it takes, all it takes to step into the light is to recognize and say, God, I recognize that I am in darkness. 
and I'm full of darkness and there's no way I can get out of my darkness and I'm filled with sin and, and that, that I know that Jesus, you have come, you gave your life, you sacrificed yourself for me so that I can be forgiven and I want you to forgive me and I wanna surrender my life to you and I want to live for you and become like you. That's all you have to do. The series of choices we have are, are, are these ongoing choices because Jesus, the living God and creator of the world, wants to transform you day by day to reflect him more and more. And so our choice is will you surrender those areas of your life and allow him to transform them to reflect his character? You see, that's the choice. Even though I've made a choice at one point to surrender my life and confess my sins to Jesus, every day I have to make a choice to live in the light and surrender those corners of darkness that I'm holding on to that I don't want to let go of. Maybe it's because you're not sure what you're gonna have to give up. Maybe it's because you feel like you might be rejected if people knew, but here's the choice that we have to make. It, it, you're that shepherd on that hill, and you, every day we have to make the choice. Do I go and, and, and live in that darkness? Or do I live in the light? And do I surrender myself to Jesus and trust that he will do what he's promised to do and that is to transform me and bring me to a place of completion. This morning, you're in the field. You're one of the shepherds. So do you go to Jesus or do you settle back into the darkness? That's your choice this morning. That's the choice that Christmas has given us that we are able to live in the light. Jesus, we come before you this morning and I thank you that you are unstoppable. I thank you that you don't flinch when we confess what you already know. I pray this morning for those who, who have never given their lives to you, who've never surrendered to you. I pray that God, you would move in them and bring them that joy and peace that you can offer. I pray for those of us who, who are your children, yet we still struggle so much with wanting to turn the lights off or dim the light that we have. I pray that you would help us to have the courage and the strength and the trust to, to surrender ourselves over to you again and again and again so that we can become who you want us to become. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done and the op opportunity you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.